Alright, so this is R1O, Romeo One Oscar, coming to you, all of you. It's just me today. Uh, I'm testing something out here. Uh, just, you know, we had discussed on the initial podcast where we would be doing some of these individual types of discussions and everything. Um, been trying to get some of the guys together and some other guests and everything on, and it always just seems to be missing quite a bit. I know that we've got a lot of positive feedback from you guys, so I'm trying to give you guys a little taster here, a little bit of coverage of kind of some of the news stories, my thoughts on that and everything like that. Maybe this will be a hit, maybe this will be a miss, but I figured, you know what, what the hell, let's, let's give it a shot. I know uh, back when we were on the Project Warpath podcast, I think it was uh, right there at the end of June, um, we discussed, you know, Lucky discussed this, and I know this has been mentioned quite a few times, um, and people ask this question, so I figured, you know, now would be a good time as any to cover this. A lot of people are always... You know, why don't, why don't you guys talk about books and why don't you guys make fun of boots? Well, guys, I mean, the reality is that was eight years ago. And at that point, you know, everybody on the page was in the military. And we're no longer in the military, guys. You know, we have some guys that sometimes help out participate um, who have some relationships to the military. But in order for us to do stuff like that, it would be, it would not be natural for us. We would be portraying a character, if you will. And I know there's people out there that like to do that stuff. And you know what? Seriously, guys, we're okay if you want to follow pages like that. But in reality, it's not us. And maybe the name's deceptive. I don't know, but we've built this name. And... We're going to continue to use it. And, yeah, it may not necessarily be what you had seen up from us years ago, but we've kind of changed, you know, and our audience has changed, too. We realize there's people who have followed us for a long time, and we appreciate that. You know, it's not anything as a, a knock against the people out there. But, you know, we're continuing to put content out there and what's important to us is to put things out there that we are interested in as a collective group all of us i mean maybe many people don't know this because you know some of the members of the group don't post often but there's 11 different people um, who are admins there's probably maybe five or six of us that post most often but you know people have jobs and that's part of the challenge of trying to get this podcast going, but I don't want anybody out there to think that we've just forgotten about you guys and we're just going to put out one podcast and we're not going to put out anything else. You know, uh, if it if, if if people like this format, I'll I'll try to do more of these. If people don't like it, I may attempt a couple more times. You know, uh, we've got a lot to say, and and, and that's kind of why what is on the page, the content itself has changed. And I mean, realistically, even towards the end of the time when we were on Facebook, the content was changing, you know? Um, 
people grow. And one of the things that was interesting, I think, for all of us as well, is, you know, and, and we do have people complaining about the, the bend, the very political type bend that we have. And you got to understand is that for us, in order to create the means, we have to watch the world around us. And one of the things that a lot of us noticed was how really, really insane the world was becoming. And it seemed as if it was almost an inverted world at that point. The things which traditionally have been what's good and what's bad, they've been flipped on their head. And if anything, as we've gotten more political, these things have gotten worse. And I think what we try to do often is in a satirical way, point that stuff out to you guys. You know, um, I think one of the biggest challenges that we find when we're doing this is how do we express ourselves without being preachy? Because it's difficult. It's difficult because we all have very strong opinions and everybody's going to have a different way of expressing their opinion. Um, some guys are going to be a little more forceful than others and, and not, we're not a monolith of opinions and that's kind of, I think, what a challenge that comes along sometimes too and we're working on some ways to mitigate that but ultimately, you know, how do we differentiate um, sort of the content we're doing so that, you know, for example, we've got some satire and we've got news we've got some sort of comedy, you know, things like that and sometimes it's not always clear what's what and, you know, honestly, uh, that, that's a challenge in and of itself, simply because satire is one of those things that is comedic. And it's different from sarcasm, obviously, because you're trying to take the perspective that you're exaggerating something that we find, or we are exaggerating something that we find insane. Something that's just completely insane. And we try to do it in such a way that we exaggerate it so that it's obvious that, hey, we're exaggerating this. This is not what we mean, right? But more often than not, what we find is that our satire is hard to interpret. And I don't know what that's reflective of. You know, it's, it's a huge challenge. And I mean, for me, you know, when I, I have to point that out. It seems to kill some of the comedy of it, but I don't want to mislead people. So, you know, that's my own personal opinion, and we're working on some things in order to do that. And I hope you understand kind of where, how we got where we are. And I think, uh, you know, we talk about this political scene and everything like that, and we've mentioned this before, and it's just that everything's getting crazier. And quite honestly, it's crazy on steroids. It's where, you know, as the everybody was locked down, uh, on the, the house arrest, they called quarantine here recently, and then quickly get escalated into these riots across the country. And a lot of that has died down, but I, I do think that a lot of that got fueled because of the, the media coverage of it, but also the fact that people were locked down. People needed an outlet as well. It's been an interesting blend of what has gone on, but there's a lot of manipulation that's going on. And I, I hope that we do a good job covering for you what we see as that manipulation. We can uncover that for you because it's everywhere. And I didn't realize to the degree that it was, except for within the last few years. And it's one of those things sometimes where 
I've discussed this with numerous people. Am I crazy? I'll, I'll just ask people. I'll, I'll give a scenario, and I'll turn to them, and I'll say, hey, guys, or hey, guy, <laughs> whoever I'm speaking to, um, is, is my take on this crazy? Does it seem that X is causing Y here? Does it seem like, you know, these sources of media are intentionally doing this? Does it seem like these power structures are intentionally enforcing this? And more often than not, from people who I find to be quite intelligent people, they assure me I'm not crazy. So I've got that going for me as well. And hopefully we can do a good job covering that, whether we, we talk about the topics with you guys or if, uh, even if we try to do it humorously. And I try to keep that in mind. And I think another challenge for me sometimes too is that because I'm so, I've got my, my finger on the pulse, at least I'd like to think I do, I know a lot of these things. We try to cover a lot of these things, and sometimes it's frustrating when people ask questions. And, you know, I, I work on trying to be better with that. But just understand, too, quite often when we post about something, more often than not, there's going to be a further explanation either on the page or on our Telegram. So I really do encourage you to follow our Telegram. I know we haven't used the minds as much. And again, it's just a challenge of getting everyone involved here, participating in everything. So, enough background and sort of laying the groundwork here. One of the things that uh, came up today that someone sent me, and I've seen it in a number of different places, and I don't know how many people saw this. We posted this up on our uh, Telegram, but this is from uh, Palm Beach County. So... Deaths incorrectly attributed to COVID-19 in Palm Beach County. And here's from the article itself. West Palm Beach, Florida. A 60-year-old man who died from a gunshot wound to the head. That was attributed to COVID. A 90-year-old man who fell and died from complications of a hip fracture. Attributed to COVID. A 77-year-old woman who died of Parkinson's disease. And I'm not laughing uh, the fact that the woman died. I'm laughing because this is something that has occurred more often than not. And it's it's sort of the absurdity of it itself that makes me laugh, guys. And I know we, we cover these things quite often, and this has been happening from the beginning. I think uh, even Butterbar, you know, he posted the one about the death by suicide, right? Or death by cop suicide. He The guy had COVID in New York, and he decided to have cops shoot him and they listed it as a COVID death, even though he had, I don't know, what was it like three or four gunshots to the body, the torso? It's, it, it's the absurdity, you know, and I know that we, there was an instance in Ventura, California, that I recall specifically where somebody had a heroin overdose, but they said again, it was exacerbated by uh, actually being COVID positive and there was a guy in uh, somewhere in Colorado that had a BAC, you know, like a, a 3.5 BAC, 0.35, and <laughs> they listed him as a COVID death. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy here, and apparently what happened was that uh, the, the team at this news station actually got a spreadsheet, and they looked at the spreadsheet and saw all the different things that people were tested positive for. And it's just, uh, it, it's completely absurd, folks. And, 
you know, uh, even Anthony Fauci, when you, 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 you talk about, could, well, it's things like this that are creating the, the idea that more people are dying from this. And we know quite factually that a, a, a large majority of the people who have died are over the age of 80. That's a huge risk, being elderly. Another risk is diabetes, insulin resistance. Um, I'm not sure entirely what that means and because, you know, insulin resistance, that, that underlies generally a, a lot of other medical issues accompany that when people have diabetes, particularly type 2 diabetes. Um, and then uh, people who are immune compromised. And primarily, these are the people. And I know that there, um, even the, the team out of London that had originally stated that, you know, the two million plus people were going to die in the United States from COVID, we discovered that, or they stated in that, you know, obviously they, they've adjusted the, those numbers. And we don't even have a properly accurate number from what I laid out before, but what they stated was that a large percentage of the people in Italy, Spain, the United States, that they suspected were going to die from COVID were people who they didn't expect to make it to the end of 2020 anyway. And what that means is that people had medical conditions that were underlying that were going to create a situation where ultimately they were going to die. All it was was the COVID virus kicked in. And I'm not saying that the virus doesn't exist. It does exist. But the problem is the way that it's being portrayed out there that it is a more deadly disease because we were told 3 to 7% of the people might die initially. Those were the estimates. And then we're told that, you know, everybody's at risk. And with the number um, the CDC had put out last month, it was 0.26 mortality rate that they highlighted. 0.26 is less than some flu seasons. And I don't, I don't wish any illness upon anyone, but quite obviously the reaction that we're having is much higher than one would expect. Yes, when people do get this, it can be, can be damaging to them, but we know that the people who are more likely to get it are people who are already at risk. And so creating the situation where we have to keep putting societies on lockdowns while we're destroying um, businesses, we are destroying people's lives altogether, you know? We've got people on unemployment, things like that. So when I see numbers like this where they're, they're just, they're lying, and uh, it, it's painful. Now, obviously things can be misattributed, right? It, it, things get misrecorded, but it's, it's happening so often with here that it really does seem like there's a malicious intent involved with why this is happening. And so I, uh, I don't know. And, and another thing that had actually popped up and, you know, everything I'm talking about here, there should be something about this on our Telegram. Again, the link to the Telegram is in our bio. We post a lot of information on there. We post all the videos for you guys to download and share if you want to, because we are private, we will stay private. But uh, let me see, I, I think I have the article here from 
Um, yeah, it's from the Daily Mail. And this was from the 23rd yesterday. And so with all of these these numbers and the fright that goes along with the, the virus numbers, uh, Bill Gates yesterday warns that multiple doses of any coronavirus vaccine may be necessary. Schools could be closed until the fall of 21, to 2021. It says serious mistakes were made by the U.S. with the handling of COVID-19. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I've got so many problems with this, and we've probably covered that multiple levels, but number one, Bill Gates is not a medical person. I do get that you can come up to speed on this, but, you know, I, I've seen this guy inoculating people, and he's not trained medically to do this. But, you know, he has played the doom and gloom kind of thing, and it's been creepy, too, at times when they interview him and... The way he, he sh throws this creepy smile up there in response to it. And just sort of that, you can't question anything holier-than-thou attitude that he's taken on about a lot of these type of things. I do find a lot of that really troubling. Um, and just even to suggest that there needs to be multiple vaccines. Based upon what? It, it, it just seems completely absurd. And, you know, I do have problems when a man who has explicitly said the world is overpopulated, he is now suggesting multiple doses of these things. Because one of the things that uh, out there is a lot of the technocrats in books from the 50s were explicitly stating, and we've posted some of this on the page, and I know uh, Jay Dyer from Jay's Analysis has covered a lot of this as well, where these people have said in their books that they want to use, they want to modify our diet, and they want to use pharmaceuticals in order to control us. And it's quite obvious by giving people processed foods as well as uh, a lot of these vegan foods, you're, you're limiting people's nutrition. Um, it's very low nutrition, and even when you're trying to supplement a lot of these things like that, thing, a lot of the vitamins are not bioavailable. And you know, that, that's a whole other thing I'm probably going to get to later, but so much, so much money has been devoted into a lot of these vegan and a lot of this research on these various pharmaceuticals. I'm just very untrustworthy. I find that living a very healthy life, and what I mean by you know healthy life, getting the sleep you need, uh, eating a very honestly meat-centric diet. And many people I know, it, it helps with a lot of mental illness, whereas I, I know people who, they've just lost their minds on the vegan type of a diet. And unfortunately, you know, him and many other people with ties to the WHO are saying that this vegan diet is the wave of the future and that's the most nutritious. And they're just lying to you. It's bullshit, people. And uh, it, it, it's very troubling when I see these things. So, uh, enough of that. Uh, one thing that was a great news item this morning was uh, the Covington lawsuit. So for those that uh, may not have seen this, need to be brought up to speed. Uh, Covington High School, or was it Covington Catholic? Covington High School, uh, these kids, they had gone in January 2019 and they were standing at the Lincoln Memorial after a Right to Life march out there. Now, we were told 
that these kids got into the face of a Native American and were taunting him and being racist, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was the, the typical uh, drumbeat of white kids wearing MAGA hat, racist, picking on uh, Native American. Well, in the days following all of this, a video came out. Because this was something that went across all of the media sources. The media was out there saying, this is what these kids did. And it was very short clips. Even Nathan, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, the guy, he claimed to be a Vietnam veteran. Now, he did participate in the military during the time of Vietnam, but he was saying he was a military combat vet. And I've seen the videos of him multiple times on streams and talking to people claiming that he was this other person. And as luck would have it, uh, Don Shipley, who's done a lot of work uh, uncovering phonies, uncovered that this, this Mr. Nathan was, in fact, a some kind of refrigerator tech in the military that moved around Kansas and Nebraska and a couple places like that. Didn't really advance very well. Uh, but he was no, no combat vet. He wasn't what he portrayed himself as. And uh, people took his side. People believed these lies. The people from um, Azra, I forget his name, Azra Salon, dude from CNN, basically went around saying, oh, you know, never seen a more punchable face. Um, Azra, Reza Aslan, sorry. And he's like, honest question, have you ever seen a more punchable face than this? Posted this on Twitter. Multiple people were basically saying you should attack these kids, you should dox these kids. Come to find out, the guy lied about this. A video came out showing that these kids were being taunted by black Hebrew Israelites and that, in fact, it was the Native American that approached them and got in their face. The kid just didn't move. And he doesn't have to. A 16-year-old kid does not have to move for anybody that comes in your face beating a drum. Well, he was called a racist for all of that. The video came out and showed everything that was portrayed of this was a lie. Many of these news sources chose to stick with the lie, keep it out there. So they did a lawsuit against this. So today, the Washington Post actually settled with them. And then as well, um, we know a while back, short while back, CNN settled. Uh, we don't know the numbers. Um, we know that the lawsuit with um, the Washington Post was $250 million originally, and the CNN was $275 million. And uh, obviously, some of these settlements, they don't say what it is, the number, monetary value. But I imagine it's it's a decent chunk of change. And, you know, he's, he's got multiple other, he, he's suing individuals uh, as well as some of the platforms. So I'm curious to see how this goes, because quite honestly, I mean, this is just a smear campaign. And what the only way we're going to win, because these people are so ideological in a lot of these settings like this, is by going out there and doing these suits, because you've got to bankrupt these people. Yeah, their pockets run deep. But when they have to keep paying these lawsuits, the precedent's there that they're going to be held accountable. And that's a good thing. I mean, everything right now is a very, very, very long battle. And it's going to take some time in order to, uh, to defeat a lot of this. Uh, I think that was interesting earlier, too, because I know we've covered this quite a bit. We've gone out and we found a lot of these videos 
of what's been going on in Portland. And just the insanity, because, you know, the the media is just so full of lies on all these people. You know, the media is out there trying to say the, these are peaceful. Um, three, <laughs> three of the federal police have had potentially permanent eye damage from either mortars that were thrown at them or even uh, the lasers that were thrown at these people so that were uh, shining in their eyes. Well, the media's done such a poor job of covering this, and i got to hand it to the Kayla McEnany. Today she showed a lot of the videos. And what was the most insane thing to see out of all of this? Because it just it goes to show the clear insanity of the media that we have nowadays, is that the journalists were outraged that she had videos of these people trying to burn down the federal building there. They had th them attacking the federal agents. She's Antifa people. Oh, there's so many things I want to say. It's so hard to kind of contain myself to this, but the journalists have done such a poor job because they've managed to become a part of the resistance and trying to bring this president down that they do not like to be held accountable for what has happened here. They don't want it shoved in their face that they're not properly covering what's going on in Portland. You can go on to our Instagram, you can go on to our Telegram, we've posted many, many videos. These are very violent people that lie. They've created a group of people called the moms now that wear these yellow shirts that stand out in front while people hurl projectiles behind them. And <laughs> apparently, according to Andy No, who has been attacked by Antifa in Portland and lived in Portland, and he was a guy that we've shared a lot of his information through PDF over the past couple of years. Many of them are don't even identify as women, but they will do it for the propaganda purposes here. And there was a crazy video today, too, of a guy that was claiming that, you know, the police just attacked him for no reason at all. And in fact, the guy had jumped over the fence and was trying to fan the flames and get the fire going higher, and he got hit with some beanbags. I mean, seriously, anybody who's ever done anything like paintball in the past knows that, yeah, it stinks, but it's, it's really not that bad. Again, it's propaganda. It's a propaganda game, and, you know, more, more recent activity as well is that these Antifa types are trying to carry American flags out there. Because just a couple weeks ago, they had their Antifa flags and their communist flags. They've been getting together with one another, and they've been discussing ways in order to win people over to their side. Because the media has fully taken it. Hook, line, and seeker, which, you know, they're, they're upset with Kayla McEnany for, for showing this. Even Fox News pulled away, and they're like, we didn't know that this was going to be shown, because they haven't covered it as well. So if you trust Fox News, that's on you. Tucker Carlson is the only person on that channel that I would trust. Uh... Everybody else, man, it's just, it's, it's bought and sold media. That's why, you know, we've just decided to be an independent voice for, for you guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're helping out, you know, and that's what this podcast right now is all about as well. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, MLB, Major League Baseball, came back in last night. And what we saw were um, a lot of people kneeling. Um, you know, they try to say for sure, well, you know, they kneeled before the national anthem, but even some people were kneeling during the anthem. And uh, San Francisco Giants relief pitcher, this is the only one I've heard about, I'm not sure if it's anything else, and so I'm trying to 
find out. But basically, he was the only person to not take a knee prior to that. And um, he said that he can't kneel before anything besides God. And that's what's kind of interesting when, with the, the world and the culture that we live in now, where they demand the bent, bending of the knee and the subjugation to a Marxist philosophy which wants to destroy the nuclear family and is against Christianity. That is Black Lives Matter. Um, the concept of Black Lives being important has been, in, you know, it's been used by this movement in order to to gain sympathies for what they're doing. But here's what he said. I'm a Christian. Like I said, I just don't get on board with a couple of things that I have read about Black Lives Matter. How they lean towards Marxism, and they've said some negative things about the nuclear family. I just can't get on board with that. And what's interesting, too, is he's been attacked by a lot of media for doing that. And that's what's so interesting about the world we live in today. And it's, it's a frustration that myself and many others have where when you do deviate from the established norm of the cathedral of, you know, academia, media, uh, the, the Democratic Party, if you will, especially the far left Democratic Party, um, it, when you deviate from that, you are a heretic. And now this man who was a Christian is a heretic to that leftist secular religion and people are going to mock him for that. I'm curious to see what this turns into as well, simply because uh, we know that there's uh, the NFL has certain things planned for what they plan on uh, doing as it relates to uh, even playing their own national anthem. So it's, uh, it's interesting times, my friends. And uh, uh, one more story I've got for you guys here, and then I'm going to going to set this up, uh, set it up for everybody and, you know, see, see what you guys think. But ultimately, uh, a funny kind of thing, I found this quite humorous uh, yesterday. Um, I don't know how many people are aware of, there's a Louis Gomer from Texas. He introduced a resolution to the House yesterday, and I laughed just as I started reading this. But he was calling on lawmakers to ban organizations or political groups that have historically supported the Confederacy or slavery in the U.S. And he included in that list the Democratic Party. And uh, here's, here's what he said. And this is just, it's hilarious because it's true. And it's, it's one of those truths that they don't want to face up to, but it's completely true. A great portion, again, quoting Louis Gomer, a great portion of the history of the Democratic Party is filled with racism and hatred. Since people are demanding we rid ourselves of the entity symbols and reminders of the repugnant aspects of our past, then the time has come for the Democrats to acknowledge their party's loathsome and bigoted past and consider changing their party name to something that isn't so blatant and offensively tied to slavery, Jim Crow, discrimination, the Ku Klux Klan. Because I don't even know how many of you know this. You know, Woodrow Wilson, who was the progressive president who was very much for eugenics and things like that, was a Democrat. He was also a huge fan of the Ku Klux Klan, and he would uh, have nights in the White House where he, he showed there was like one of the first silent movies was about the Ku Klux Klan. He used to show that at the White House. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe some people realize this, and we could go more in depth on this, but realistically, I mean, uh, once you, uh, to the point of what I was speaking about before when I was talking about um, with the 
picture when you deviate. The Democrat Party tells people they are for all of these progressive ideas, but the progressive ideas are really hiding regressive ideas, and they're really about controlling the uh, blacks, African Americans in this country, and they're about um, keeping, you know, the, the terms used often keep them on the plantation. They want to control them because they want a stable party, uh, stable voters for their party. And that's, you know, you can go back to Lyndon Johnson's creation of, you know, the, the Great Society and the destructiveness that that has um, brought upon the nuclear family of the blacks in this country. And uh, Thomas Sewell's done a great job covering that. And uh, it, ultimately, I don't want to belabor the point here, but it's absolutely hilarious what Louis Gohmert's doing here. These people are being forced to live by their own rules here. That's Solomonsky. Make your enemy live by their rules. And that's exactly what they're doing here. And it's hilarious, and I love it. So, that is the end of the solo podcast here with a little news recap. I want to thank you guys for making it all the way through. And uh, we'll see how things go. Have a great weekend.